It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome back to A View From The Bullins and this is the season review with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Ben Winstanley, Jack Kemp, Matthew Neal and Michael Ball. It's a full house this evening. Jack, we'll start with you. You weren't on the last podcast and nor was Lee and Lee will come to you second. Jack, season review so far, Everton have played seven in the league, won four, drew two, lost one, 14 points, currently sitting fifth. Is this about as good of a start as we could have expected? 
yeah, I think it's 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 been a brilliant start. Um, won the games we'd expect them to, which was something that they weren't doing last season. Um, away from home, I think. I, I think away from home, the, the performances have maybe been a little better than the points return, if I'm honest. Um, but I'm not moaning about that. I think um, on another day, we would have maybe picked up, I think we could have picked up wins at Ellen Road. Okay, if we look back, there's a few big chances. I think if we get, you know, sort of a little bit of luck maybe at United, I think um, could have won at Old Trafford. And bar a mad sort of 12 minutes at Villa Park, I don't think any Everton fan can moan, really. Um, and, he, and even the game at Aston Villa, you know, there was a few of us there. And after an hour with a depleted 11, they were well in the game, Everton. And I remember we were sort of in the, in the stand saying, you know, first goal is going to be massive. We could nick this. And 12 minutes later, we're 3-0 down. Um but that, but that will happen. That will happen in games, you know, a couple of times a season. We, you know, Everton did it to Burnley. Villa did it to us. Um, but no, delighted. I'm, I'm really pleased for Rafa because I know, obviously, there was a lot of criticism with his appointment, a lot of negativity, which, which I completely understand. Um, but it was so important for him to get off to a good start. And, and, and I know people will say they were favourable fixtures how many times down the years have Everton said, oh, a favourable start and then have struggled to get the points we should have done. So, no, really, really pleased. There's been some really, really good performances in those seven games. Some fantastic individual goals, some fantastic team goals. Um, the sign-ins, you know, especially a couple of them have hit the ground running. Um, so really pleased, really positive. Um just hope that we can pick up where we left off um, after the international break. Lee, like Jack just said, there was a lot of animosity towards Rafa Benitez upon his revival, arrival. Sorry, But seven games in, most managers normally break a season down into segments. So if we're going to break this season down every seven games, for an example, how happy are you right now after these first seven games in the Premier League? Um, just to echo Jack's comments, make a absolutely made up. I think if you'd have asked me sort of during or after that pre-season friendly at Man United that we can all remember, um, I have to admit I was really, really worried at that point thinking what the season could have in store for us. But as it's turned out, I think not just the results, I think the results have been pleasing. I do agree with Jack. I think we've actually been hard done to in it, on a couple of games. I think we've deserved a little bit more than we've got. But the performances for me is the thing that's really got my... It's. I fell back in love with Everton this season because it feels more like the Everton that I know and love from days gone by. You know, there's a fight about us. There's a team spirit, an identity. You know, how many times did we use that word last season? A lack of. You know, we've got one. Um, you know, a manager who's committed to the cause. Players who are saying the right things, doing the right things, working hard on the pitch. Um, I think the fans are connected with this team. You know, those who were perhaps really dead against Rafa Benitez joining the club, I think, are slowly coming round. I think those who are still against them, perhaps it's other reasons um, why they're refusing to change their opinion on Rafa Benitez because he couldn't have done any more. 
I think he's tactically he's been spot on in the main. I'd say 99% of the time he's been absolutely brilliant. He said all the right things as well, as well as the the new signings who have come on board. Um, I just love the way that we're we're not messing around. I think if you look tactically, we're better to watch. There's no needless passing around the back or through midfield. You know, we're in the past we used to do that and allow opposition to regain the shape you know we now now we tend to move it quickly play to our strengths use pace that we've got which we hadn't haven't had for for so long and we've been crying out for for years so there's plenty to be optimistic about as we head into the rest of the season i think january will still be key um because it, obviously the one thing that we are is we are still very light on the ground um and i do think that could come back and haunt us further down the line if we don't address it but that's that's for another day another discussion perhaps so far it's been really really good i've loved the home performances i've loved brushing the teams aside that we should be beating doesn't as I, as i've said before there's nothing better than a comfortable home win and you and you're walking out of goodison park absolutely made up that we've won 2-0 3-1 whatever it's been it's a great feeling. Set you off, you know, onto a, a nice positive weekend. And we had too many weekends ruined last year, didn't we? Where we were all sat there miserable, having, having watched dross, boring, boring games, lack of goals. You know, we're banging them in for fun this season. So yeah, overall, Mick, it's been absolutely brilliant, um, and I'm actually genuinely excited as to what this season could bring. Bully, Everton have played seven, won four, drew two, lost one. 14 points, 13 goals scored, eight conceded, giving us a plus five goal difference. What are your initial thoughts on the season so far? Is it, is it a bit of a positive start for you? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, the fixtures came out and I thought they were pretty kind to us. Um, but like last year, you've got to go out and get the points and deserve them. Um, started off at home with a good winning against Southampton 3-1 after going behind and it sort of showed a bit of character from the boys you know a few years ago we went a goal behind and it was game over um, I think we only done it a couple of times the season before started off the season like that and you know that breathes confidence your first first win at home 3-1 and you're just thinking can the boys get as many points on the board you know till the, till the big boys come and we had we had Leeds United away after that um, difficult place to go you know it was their first you know um, home game in front of their fans and the atmosphere was spot on and the only negative to that one is we, we went ahead twice uh, we just couldn't sort of game manage it but the way it was going we would be done pretty well to come away with a point um, Burnley game after that another scored three goals again you know, mad six minutes but we had, we had the quality uh, in depth over the time of that game you know Burnley were making it scrappy we went down to their level at occasions but you know I think our quality shown through in that one um, and then unfortunately, you know, it's um, you know, Raf has come in at a real strange time for the, for the football club. The money's been very tight, we've had to be clever in the transfer market, and the squad's quite thin. And we were hoping that injuries wouldn't be a problem. We could try and get through the four months till January to see if we can get any replacements in or competition in. But unfortunately, when we got to the Villa game, you know, we seen the starting lineup, and you know, we had six maybe seven key players you know, if you count Hammers um, not playing obviously Gil Seekinson's out and plus all the major major players we were missing in that game as well that you know we knew it was going to be a difficult game um, and any team in the world missing six, seven key players are going to struggle you know and um, credit to the boys that it was a 50-50 game and 
you know, like the Burnley game for us, they had a mad, it was nine minutes or so, and it sort of, you know, we lost the game within them nine minutes with an own goal from the Ignite, the second goal sort of killed it for us. So that was a sort of scratch that one off, really. Um, but the guys bounced back with a home win against Norwich. And then obviously the performance last week against Man United, I thought was uh, was was really pleasing on the eye. You know, you know, United have, have got the talent and the, they're going to dictate the majority of the play. But the way we sort of game managed that game, I thought we could smell a bit of blood. And we were we were trying to win the, a football game, and that's credit to to Rafa Benitez and the players to go out there to you know have a bit of belief in these games and going out that look we can. Yes, we can fight when when it needs needs must, but also when we're winning the balls, you know. Obviously, the chance that happened with, with Davis nearly snatched it near the end, and you know, me and to put it in. It was what pleased me, and in that situation was where we won the ball. We won the ball in their final third. You know, last year we were organised at the back. We were very deep, and when we won the ball, you know, it was in our final third. So it took a lot of effort for us to get up the pitch. I think we said that last year on the podcast that you know, if it wasn't for Richarlison running with the ball 20, 30 yards, but he can't do it all by himself. He was the only runner we had in the team, but now with the likes of Townsend and Damari Gray and obviously Decore getting sort of a licence that has seen a different side to Decore. You know, he, he was still a, a good player for us last year, but he, he's showing that he, he's all over the place. And um, he's been our, you know, our standout player, I think, alongside the two new boys that we're, we're seeing a glimmer of light. We're going to football games now, you know, expecting to win. Of course, you want to expect to win, but a belief to win. And then thinking that you know, we've got a manager there who's tackling spot on um, and the players are, are listening to them so yeah we know it's early doors it's only seven games in and we've been here before we've, we've had a good start and it's only when the wheels fall off what's the reaction going to be but we've had that we've had that sort of little blip against Aston Villa and the boys have bounced back with two you know positive performances so so far so good for me um, really pleased and you know it's credit to the lads who have been stepping in to do a job but also you know you've got to give it to the manager you know, he's working with the players. He's only been there you know, two, two and a half months or so. So it's going to take time to get his full ideas over. But you can see what they're trying to do. You know, you go into the game and you can see what our style is. And he's not just picking players or formations just to, to suit for friends, say. I just bring in hammers just for the sake of it. He's putting a, a team out that's got, hopefully going to come away with maximum points on every opposition we played so far. So hopefully that continues for the rest of the season. Then just touching on what Lee just touched on there regarding he feels more connected to the club and we have an actual identity under Rafa Benitez. Is that maybe the most important thing for you, bar obviously the results, that there is an identity to this Everton team? And a lot of fans on, on all social medias, they really have fell back in love with this club again. And I know we all love the football club, but there, there are at times when it, it is testing times. But to the start of this season, Rafa Benitez has identified what he wanted and what the fans wanted. And at the moment, it's working in harmony, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I feel like the team, as Lee's quite rightly said, are a unit. They're all for one and one for all type of attitude. And us Evertonians love getting behind teams like that. Those we're going to fight for one another, run through brick walls for one another. And when it gets dirty, are going to get stuck in for one another. And it's been really good to see. And I think a massive point for the start, Mick, um, for me especially, is we've got a manager now in Rafael Benitez who is very proactive and he's reactive. He won't wait to make a decision. He does it. I've said on a number of times in this podcast, uh, we said it last season, we were dying out for substitutions. And when the Goodison was murmuring and people started to ask him the question, especially against like Southampton and um, Burnley at home, he makes substitutions. He proactively 
goes after the game. When something's not working, he changes it. I think it was Jack who made a great point. We don't sit back and wait another 10 minutes to get back into the game. He's made his mind up and that's exactly what he's going to do. And it's refreshing to see a manager coming in and changing things, trying different things. And it's clear to me they've got a clear philosophy of breaking like 100 miles an hour. So we tend to like potentially let the opposition have the ball. Even Norwich at Goodison Park, who was probably the worst team I've seen in a long time, had more of the ball than Everton at home. But it's what we're doing with possession. We're inviting the teams on and we're breaking like mad. And the signings of obviously um, Damari Gray and Townsend have been absolutely unbelievable. So whoever got them in, he needs a massive pat on the back. It's transformed how Everton have played football with two signings. And what's so good to see is how well that the players are actually getting coached as well. You look at obviously Alan and Decore last season compared to this season. Um, and again, Matthew's on the podcast as well tonight. You made a great point. You look at last season, I was worried this season. How are them two going to play in the two? But Decore was drifting off right, basically covering the right um, the right back position last season and wasn't going forward, wasn't getting the freedom to go forward. And this season, you look at the pressing stats and them two in there at the top of the pressing stats and they're working together as a unit. And I think obviously Neville, Carragher have all alluded to the fact that Decore is arguably at the moment one of the best central midfielders in the Premiership. And you, you can't argue with that. He's been an absolute monster, as I continuously say on the podcast. So it's good to see the fitness levels as well. We've touched upon it again. Um, obviously, Paco's come in and the players look fitter. They look more agile. They look like they want the ball. They want the ball to feet. There's no more long ball. Let's try and scrape seconds. There's a real game plan, a real identity. So if you're going to ask me to rate the season out of 10, Mick, I'd probably go for 7.5 or 7.5 out of 10. I think the league... Um, our performance has been really good I feel like as Jack alluded to earlier that we could potentially be higher up we maybe could have gone 3-1 up away at Leeds if Calvert-Lewin would have put away his chance and that would have been game set a match and the United away is another one and even, like you said even Aston Villa we played predominantly well for 60 minutes didn't create loads but neither did Aston Villa and then we had that 8 minutes of madness and we're 3-0 down and it's a long trip back to Liverpool for the Evertonians but the one disappointment and one negative, I, I am going to say, when we look at the other side, I, I'm really disappointed about that Carabao Cup exit. Um, it's put a real dampener on the season for me because obviously we're so desperate for silverware. I'm desperate for any sorts of silverware and that was a real chance for us to really go for more aways, go for more away days, more home fixtures, get behind the Blues, watch the Blues more. And I'm just really gutted to see us go out of that and that's why I'm scoring at seven and a half. If we're through to the next round, Mick, it'd probably be in the 8.5s but we've lost the chance there for another season. So we're in the Carabao Cup, which I am. I can't say I'm not good to the bar because I am. And I'm really disappointed in the results. And the players just didn't show up that night. Um, it was one of them. But look, we bounced back, which is a massive positive. I think yourself, Mick, alluded to that fact. The season could have quite well deteriorated quite rapidly if we'd have lost two on the bounce, especially at Norwich and away to Manchester United. But no, the team showed fight, they've showed spirit, and they've got four points out of the next two games from that QPR result. So no, over the moon with the start, long may it continue. Matt, I, I will come back to the Carabao Cup, but I just wanted to focus on the start of the season at the moment. And Southampton at home, looking back, was that a pivotal game for Rafa Benitez's tenure so far? I mean, overcoming a, a one-goal deficit... If we hadn't have won that game, it could have been all so different, couldn't it? Yeah, totally agree. I think, um, you know, before that game, Danny Ings had just left Southampton and, and Adam Armstrong had just come in and 
You know, there was a lot of us that were saying our typical, you know, Armstrong's going to get his first goal against us. And, and lo and behold, we gave him a, a gift, didn't we? An absolute gift. Um, you know, Michael Keane giving the ball away and then him going in on goal. And you go in 1-0 one, one at half-time after such a, a weird pre-season. Um, you know, murmurings of discontent throughout the fan base. And we weren't playing particularly well. Some of the, you know, some of the errors and mistakes and shortcomings that this squad has got were were later there. But he changed it up second half. He decided to go a bit more direct, you know, get it into Southampton's box a little bit more. And I think I think the pivotal moment was getting that goal really early on in that in that half, you know, Richarlison, I think it was the second or third minute of the, the second half. And you know, after that, that it was a proper Everton second half, um, attacking the Gladys Street. You know, the fans were up to up for it. You know, we we hadn't seen attacking our team attacking the Gladys Street for for a, for about eighteen months because because of the COVID pandemic. And you know, really, that was a that was a proper Everton performance. And Rafa actually got a good he got a good um, you know he got a good availing when he come out. From, from the stairs at Goodison, but I thought at the end of the game there, that really lifted him, it lifted the fans, and it was like, okay, you know, we can we can get behind this, you know, we've, we've not seen our team go behind and, and then we'll get the three points and a comfortable three points. You know, I think we we all liked what we saw early on, but we thought, right, you know, we'll, we'll give this, we'll, do, we'll give this a couple more games, but I think, I think you're right. I think um, he had to get off to a good start. It was a, probably a, a, a fixture at the time that we all thought it was a easier fixture, but we now look at look at it with a bit of hindsight, and you look at it, and they've gone to City, Southampton, and they've given got a point there. And had it not been for the sending off against Chelsea at the weekend, then you know I think they probably might have nicked a point at Stamford Bridge as well. So you know that 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 certainly shouldn't be uh, overlooked. That three points, and uh, you know ever, ever since then, I think the despite a small blip that we'll get onto um, around the Villa and the Cup game, you know, I think that momentum has uh, been taken on. Jack, just looking at Rafa Benitez, obviously he came under under a bit of a cloud, shall we say, and it was it was, it was a, a hot topic amongst Evertonians when he did get announced at, at Everton. How impressed have you been with the way Rafa Benitez has handled his tenure at Everton so far, the way he's handled the media duties on the pitch. I know we spoke spoke about it on a previous podcast where at an away game for argument's sake, if it's a positive result, he he, he doesn't hang around. He, he waves to the fans and gets straight off. So how impressed have you been with the way he's handled all the pressure or the animosity towards him? He's no he's no stranger to animosity and sort of a negative reaction from the fans um when he took over at Chelsea. I remember quite clearly that they were not happy. Um, you know, he, he's got skin like a rhino. You know, he, he isn't bothered. He is not bothered if, if the fans don't like him. He's a, he's a professional guy. Um, like you said, he, he, he says the right things in the media. Um, he, he, he's a, I, I find him like he's a classy individual, I feel. I remember when Ancelotti joined, I think everyone was sort of, in awe of Ancelotti. Um, and we, we, on this podcast, have said many times, you know, that we felt he was a classy operator. 
Benitez is is different. He um, he's not there to stroke the egos of footballers. He's there to do a job, and he's a coach first and foremost. He is on the training ground doing the tactics. Um, re- really impressed with what he's done. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm I'm not I'm not surprised because I, I look at the jobs he has done. Um, you know, at Newcastle. You know, he he did a good job at Newcastle. Um, and if he was backed financially, you know, who who knows what he could have achieved there. Um, it, it just goes to show that with this group of players that Everton have got, they need a coach and they need to be coached. And I think with hindsight, that was why Ancelotti was not the right manager at the right time. Um, like you said, in, in the media, he's he's pretty slick. Um he, you know, he's, he's saying the right things. I think in t- your point about, you know, when when there's an away game and there's a good result, he sort of waves and gets off. He probably knows that there are some fans out there that are still not happy. And he'll probably see that there's a little bit of work to do still to get some of the fans on board. But I, I, think, I think back to when he was manager of Real Madrid or even when he was manager of Liverpool or, or Chelsea and even if things were going well he isn't really the type of manager to come onto the pitch at the end and to you know make a bit of a beeline for the away fans and to celebrate and do you know what I, I quite like that in my manager really um, the players can do that but you need a head in the dressing room who is telling them it's one game Brilliant. You know, you went away from home, get a really good result. But as soon as you walk off that pitch, you switch off and you get ready for the next game. You know, you can't, you know, the, that game that you've currently played can't linger on for too long. So I quite like that he's got almost a cold feeling towards it. You know, you play the 90 minutes, you get the job done, you get on the coach, you go home, back on the draining ground. I quite like that. Um, so, yeah, really impressed with him. Um, but not really that surprised because I sort of knew what Everton were going to get in him. Borley, you just spoke about Rafa Benitez. The way he's handled himself in the press, on the pitch after games, he's just come on and and waved to the fans and and gotten off, so to speak. How impressed have you been with Rafa? Obviously, he wasn't the fans' choice, if we're all honest, and there obviously was a massive debate about him even getting the job. So now he's got the job and he's settled in. How impressed have you been with Rafa Benitez and how he's settled into life at Goodison Park? You've got to give him huge credit um, for how we started, how he's handled everything. He did say to the board, he said to the fans that he's a professional man, he's come to do a job and he's doing it. Um, and people have got to forget, you know, people do forget that yeah, we've, it's always good to go to the transfer market and having these big signings and, and spending 25, 30 million pounds or two or three players and it gets the belief of the fans, which is great, but we've, We've been guilty of that in the past and the players haven't come in and hit the heights that we've all expected as fans. Rafa reminded everyone that he's a coach and his job is to get the best out of the players that he inherits. And if anyone he can bring in the quality to to make us a better team and squad, that'll be even better. Um, and he's proved already that you know the, the players that he's inherited, he's, he's, he's took them to a new level and we're seeing that uh, week in and week out. So that's the why the board stuck with him. And he's um, he's keeping his promises. You know, he's, it's all about coaching. 
you know, and he's not the only manager who's come in and said, look, coach with players and give them time. You know, they, they will become better players and it will get, it does take time. Um, and, you know, we know what football's like. Sometimes you don't get the time, but but he's been brave. He's coming to our football club, knowing of the history. But he said he was going to be a professional man and make Everton successful. He wants to be successful. And if he's successful, that means we're successful. So, so far, so good. And his job is to get the best out of the squad he's got available. And he's had a very bare-thin squad to deal with for the, like, two or three games at least. He's had to struggle with the reserve team players. He's, had, he's given debuts out to young players who are probably not ready or not expecting their time. They're playing players who are probably not fully fit. And he's still getting results. So that's you know a massive applause. We know other managers in the past will go out and moan about six or seven key players. We already know a club that you know one key player went out and we never heard the, heard the end of it, did we? At the end of the day. So it's uh, he's just going about the job. There's no point moaning about it. That doesn't it doesn't really help the cause. You still got to set a team out of eleven players to go out and win a football game, and that's what he's doing. And uh, I think the fans are coming round to how he wants to set up his store. But you know. Let's wait for what we've got when we've got a full strength squad as well. You know, what levels can he can he take us to? You know, it's going to be exciting times when the, the, the you know the big boys come back into our team and there's competition for places. And that's what we've always wanted. We want competition all over the pitch. If you're not hitting the heights or you're having an off day, fair enough, it happens. You know, but who's on the bench that can come in and uh, you know and, and take it to that next level again, getting opportunities. And we've seen that with like a Wobie's come in and then at times. You know, he's dipped in form and then Alex Gordon came in, Andy Gordon came in, sorry, at the United and he, you know, he did well, you know, and tactically, I thought he'd done really well. Difficult game for him away from a home at Manchester United is a huge and difficult place to go and you've got to be sort of switched on, not just about yourself, but also about your teammates where to be defensively and I thought, you know, he showed his qualities in that game. So that's a, you know, huge plus points there. Rafa's getting the best out of the, the plays he's inherited. But he's also taken, you know, to a new level as well. Lee, what are your thoughts on on Rafa Benitez and the connection he has with the Everton fans? Do you think it's improving? Yeah, uh, I do. Certainly with me, um, you know, you can, I can look at my own thoughts back in the summer when it was announced that he was becoming Everton manager. You, you couldn't help but be worried because it was bound to cause a, a divide, um, and and that's exactly what happened. But to his credit. Since he's come in, I think he's done everything within his power, everything that he controlled, he's done brilliantly well. Um, my, um, Jack's right there. He's never been one to take the plaudits or get in his face in front of a camera when, when we've got a great result because we've seen how quickly that can backfire because the, the next week, you know, you could be getting beat and all of a sudden you look quite silly. Um, so I think he's reluctant to do that. I think he knows that is still... A divide of sorts, albeit nowhere near the level that we saw at the start of his tenure. And at the end of the day, we all said he needed a strong start. He's got a strong start thanks to him and the tactics that he's deployed. And that's helped him because he's quickly got the people who were in the camp of, I'm not so sure. I don't hate him, but I'm worried. Uh, I'd say I was probably in that camp. You know, I, he's got those. That that's That's probably accounts for a hell of a lot of our fan base. He's got those on side and I think that's massively important. Um, but at the end of the day, his players are doing the job for him. I think Benitez is quite happy to take a back seat and, and not take any of the credit, do his job quietly. He's an absolute professional. Um, 
But whatever he's saying and doing in the background on the training pitch, in the dressing room during matches, it's it's doing the job because you can see 11 players on the pitch who are fighting for him, are carrying his, his words onto the pitch. Tactically, it looks like to a man, they all know exactly what they're doing. You know, there's not just this drill of, you know, just go out and play, be yourself. That's nonsense in this day and age. You need, you need some sort of thought. You need some sort of tactics going into the Premier, into any Premier League game because we've said this on numerous occasions. There is no such thing as an easy game, perhaps aside from Norwich. You need a plan and then you need a plan B and C. And we've got that now. I think his substitutions in the main have been absolutely spot on. Um, but at the end of the day, You've got to say it like it is. Unfortunately, with a small minority of Evertonians, no matter what Rafa Benitez does, he could win us the FA Cup this season and finish in the top four. And they're still not going to be on his side. And I think he knows that. I don't think he's stupid. Um, but they're not the fans that you want to concentrate on. You want to concentrate on the ones who are perhaps not sure. And he's turned them around. And he's done that because he's applied himself well. He's been professional. And he's delivering the results on the pitch. And I'm... I don't even think it's just a honeymoon period or a good start. There's enough, I've seen enough to suggest that this isn't a flash in the pan. And let's not forget, by the way, we haven't said this. We've done this with horrendous injuries and we're only in the early October. We've been without our best players for you know a, a large proportion of, of what's already a very infantile season. So you get these players back at his disposal Things are only going to get better. So for me, absolutely made up. He was the best man for the job in hindsight. You know, I and a lot of others were wrong in wanting Goltier or whoever else. I wouldn't want anyone else other than Rafa Benitez in charge of Everton, as it stands. Ben, it is a huge turnaround for many Everton fans considering the way we've we started to compare in the summer when Rafa was being linked with the club. Do you think fitness has played a huge part in the positive start to the season? For a number of years, many Evertonians have questioned the fitness of the Everton players and, and how we flagged in the last 15, 20 minutes of games when, when the game gets stretched. But this Everton team look completely different, don't they? And like Lee's just touched on there, considering we have a threadbare squad at the moment, they don't look like they're letting up at the moment, do they, these 11 players that are pretty much playing every game? Yeah. And we talked about in the last the last part. I think it was absolutely crucial that Benitez got Paco over the line, fitness man that he's been using for years since his Liverpool days. And I think he was quite worried, I believe. Uh, there's a few posts going around on Twitter that um, they were struggling to potentially convince him. He wanted a couple of weeks out to obviously decide whether to come to Everton or take up a managerial role uh, on his own in like a lower Spanish league. But I'm so glad he's come. The players look fit. They look ready. They look agile. They look more nimbler and it's it's good to see and it's really shooting the way we're playing um, on the break we look electric Damari Gray looks like he's been at the club for five or six years just <laughs> comfortable absolutely loving it and Townsend's the same and it's clear that, that they wanted to address the wingers in the summer very early doors getting obviously Damari Gray and Andros Townsend done in quick succession and them two have been phenomenal especially they've come in applied themselves I know a few Leicester fans said oh Damari Gray's got all the talent in the world, but he'll walk around, he'll sulk, he'll try and do things on his own. I haven't seen that Damari Gray. I've seen a Damari Gray who gets the ball, he's quick, direct, pacey, causes issues. And when he doesn't win the ball, he looks to win it back. If you watch him on the pitch, he doesn't just stop. He always is he's getting into the positions, the defensively tactical well. He's, he just sits in, he fills in, he fills in when players go forward. 
And that's what all the Everton players do. They're implying themselves and really getting behind the tactics and the philosophy that Rafael Benitez wants to bring towards Everton Football Club. And I said it before and I'll say it again. I, I was particularly didn't want Benitez. I know you were a massive fan, Mick, and you'd say off air how good he was tactically and how much that he can obviously polish rubbish, shall we say. And, and he is. He is doing. For me, the squad's not amazing. Um, but he's getting the best out of out of a bad bunch, and it's really shining through. And if the team can apply themselves, be energetic, be physical, put themselves about, and give one hundred and ten percent, especially at Goodison, it gets the place absolutely rocking. And the likes of obviously we've had such big injuries, and the Charleston, Calvert Lewin, Seamus Coleman, and a few others like Andre Gomez, Fabian Delft, the list goes on. And it's been it's not just like squad fringe plays; it's it's predominantly like the squad players that we needed week in, week out to come off the bench. And we haven't had that. But the likes of Anthony Gordon, Dobbin, they're all stepping in and they're all getting behind of what Benitez wants to wants to achieve and the tactics he wants to do, which is brilliant to see. And I know we touched on Anthony Gordon last week and he was walked straight in and looked like he'd been in the first 11 for a number of seasons. He looked comfortable. He was assured. He was quick. He was direct. He was trying to win the ball back. He was applying pressure non-stop. He was tackling. And we were cheering like mad. And it's just so good to see instead of the, the team sitting back, seeing different formations week in, week out. Because I know predominantly last season, we were coming on here going, now we played 4-3-3 and then it was 4-3-1-2, 5-3-2. It was 3-5-2. It was, we were chopping and changing all the time. Um, every game was different. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Especially away at home, it worked. But this season at home, it's been a revelation. And I can I can only suggest that, that the team spirit's improving under Rafa and the fight and determination because I think it's the first time since the 2015 that we've come from behind twice at home to win. That's that's absolutely insane. Being down at half time and coming back to win, we haven't done that since 2015. So it just showed. I I know for myself and last season especially that if we went one 0 down, I thought we're not coming back here. There's no way we might get a point. There's no way we're scoring two or three and winning the game. This season we concede, and I go, there's goals and there's goals everywhere here. We, we're not out of this yet, and we've seen it on a numerous times to, to be able to fight back. Obviously, games like Burnley, they scored one 0 on the whole of Goodison at the head and the hands because they thought, oh no, Sean Dyke especially. Here we go, but no, we fought back. Three quick goals, bang, 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 and we're winning the game three one. Same happened against Southampton when the first half performance isn't working. Benitez likes to change things and change it up and it's worked sensationally and long may it continue but he's definitely getting the best out of this squad and I, I, I'm worn over now I'm, I'm right behind the man because I think he is the right man for the job as it stands Just talking about the, the home form Matt Everton have won each of the last four home league games and that is as many as they managed in the previous 17 home league games That that is a remarkable stat isn't it and almost I know that I know one of the games was when Rafa was not in charge, but nevertheless, we've got a hundred percent record at the moment in the in the league at home, and that's remarkable, isn't it? Considering the form last year at home, where we couldn't we couldn't buy a win at times, could we? Yeah, and it's so important, and it will be so important. You know, no team gets anywhere in the league without without good home form, but especially Everton was with the crowd that we've got. You know, we need Goodison to be um, be firing on all cylinders. It's it's not a crowd that. Um, we need to get on players' backs because it, it it can do that. It can be hostile for players at times. We know that. You know, it can go the other way. It's one of those grounds. Um, 
But this, this sometimes if you break things down, this league can be much simpler than what you think. You know, I, I go back to to the the David Moyes era. Um, we were never great away from home, really, under David Moyes. Um, but our home form every single season was top draw, really. And you know that and that's what we've got to do this season. Um, win our games that 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 we should win at home. We didn't do that last season, and it, and it cost us. Um, you know, there's 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 factors to to why the home form has changed. Um, you know, firstly, the, there's other variables, isn't there? There's, there's the fans coming back in, which of course has played a big part. But the playing style, the playing style has completely changed, and, and it's evident football at home. It's it's not sitting back. It, it's not direct football, but it's quick football. It, it's like Lee said before: we're not playing through midfield anymore. We haven't got the players to do that. You know. We can't do what Manchester City do, where we play through the thirds and play through the lines. We can't do that. You know, we get the ball out out wide quick, or we get the ball up to the, the front men and we we play off the second ball, or we use our pace in behind. And that's good. That's good football to watch when you've got good players. And thankfully, with a a couple of good additions out wide, we. We've got that, you know. We've always had a couple of decent front men in in Dom and Richarlison, and unfortunately, we've not we've not seen enough of them this season. But you know that that's given us that directness, that pace. That you know, Goodison, as much as it likes to see effort, likes to see quality as well. Let, let, let's let's be real here. We like to see quality players as well, you know. And um, you know, we're getting a little bit of everything at the minute, and. Um, you know, going back to the original question on Southampton, it, that 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 game I do believe will be pivotal. You know, like we say, um, you know, getting the Goodison crowd, you know, with us, but also the players. You know, there was definitely a, a mental block of some sort. You know, going into the games last season, um, you know, it wasn't just a, it wasn't just an ability thing there. That there, there was a mental. You know, thing going on there with the with the, the block of some sort with with players, they just weren't performing at home. And you know, so far, barring a a lackluster forty five minutes, which was I thought was probably down to a a tactical, not an error, but uh, a switch from Rafa um, against Burnley. We've been pretty good at home. You know, I thought the night we've started we started started games pretty well at home, and we've got a, we've got after teams. And it's going to be so, so important. Again, I revert back to David Moyes and it's with West Ham last season. West Ham hardly got picked up a point against the teams in around them. But, and they, but they won all the games at home that they should do against the other teams. We picked up over 30 points against the, uh, the teams in the top half last season, mainly away from home, of course. But that got us nowhere in the end. We finished mid-table, 10th in the league and they, and they finished in the European places. Your home form, the games you're expected to win in this league, get you up the table, and so far, that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what we're doing, and um, you know, long may it continue. Um, you know, we, we we've got to get after teams at Goodison. There's no doubt about it. The, the crowd, the crowd just don't have it. Um, you know, sitting back, we can do that away from home, um, like we did at Old Trafford. Break really well. But we, we've 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 got to go after teams at Goodison, um, and one of the things Rafa always says is, "I know Scousers, you know, I know the city, and and the two 
as much as we might not like to say, the two clubs are similar in, in that sense. That we like football; it's intense, uh, you know, up and at them, and um, and the Goodison crowd like that. And so far, it, it, it's bringing us results. Um, and we've got you know two two home games coming up next, and I think three out of the next four are at home. So, you know, fingers crossed we can we can continue that and, and pick up points. Jack, just thinking about the style of play under Rafa Benitez. Last season under Carlo Ancelotti, we scored zero goals from direct counter-attacks. Seven games in, in the league so far, we've scored two from direct counter-attacks. So again, that's another stark contrast, isn't it, in style of play? Maybe, like you've said, the players are being coached more, coached better and have information on board from the coaching staff on when to break, how to break, when to hurt teams, when to sit in. So d- does that stat shock you? You know, two goals scored from counter-attacks compared to zero from last season. Is that a stat that shocks you? Um, it, it does. It does. I, have, I haven't I haven't heard that stat. Um, it's a really good stat. I'm thinking back to last season um, and... The football was slow, predictable, um, passive, I would say, a lot of the time. So when you think about the type of football Everton were playing, the lack of counter-attack goals doesn't surprise you, but the fact it was zero does surprise me somewhat. Um, but what Benitez has done is he's he's gone in and identified a couple of areas that were a problem and the first one was pace and we would be I'm sure every Everton fan would have said it last season there is a chronic lack of pace in that team whereas now um, the additions of Damari Gray and Townsend but it isn't just those two it's and I, I personally feel this is the biggest tactical um, sort of improvement that Benitez has done with Everton and it's spotting something in Decore that Ancelotti obviously didn't because Decore was obviously told last year to play holding midfield, to screen the back four and Benitez has gone in and literally said to him you're box to box now and I remember when we were at Brighton um, and there was a time in the second half, it was 2-0, um, and Everton broke, and it ended up with Decore having a shot. But if you watch that attack back, you've got Damari Gray, you've got Decore, you've got Townsend, you've got Calvert-Lewin. I think Richarlison was, was, I think him and Calvert-Lewin were still on the pitch at this point. And those five are absolutely bombing forward. Um, and I think to have someone in midfield with the energy and the athleticism of Decore is absolutely priceless at the minute. Um, it frustrates me that we've had this player and we obviously didn't utilise him like we should have done last season, but he he is like a new signing. And, and that's not me criticising him because I thought he was good last year. You know, he, he's been a really good signing, but his game has gone to a completely different level this season. And that's because of Benitez. He's obviously spotted something or has obviously watched enough of him um, before he was Everton manager. And he might have had his own ideas about 
how Ancelotti was not using him properly. Um, but he is absolutely key, I feel, in the midfield. And I think back to the Man United game, you know, the United, the United midfield couldn't get to grips with him. Too powerful, too quick, um, could get from box to box and carry the ball. So I think he's the biggest difference in that team this year. But like some of the guys have said, the football this year, it, it, it's good to watch. It really is good to watch. And sometimes the results are not going to go Everton's way. And I think it was um, Ben who was saying that even when they go a goal down, there's still this belief. There is still belief where you think, actually, we're a goal down, but there's, there's goals in this team. We can easily get back in this. You know, I, I remember thinking at, at Villa when it went 2-0 and I thought, well, just, you know, there's 20, 25 minutes to go. Nothing stupid. We, Everton will create and obviously conceded the third quite quickly and, and then it was curtains but there's there's goals in this team there really is and you know I know that Matt was talking about Everton are never going to play football like Man City lots of people love that style of football and it, and it can be great to watch at times me I, I prefer pace I don't really want to watch my team have 80% of the ball, pass it round, pass it round, pass it round. I want my team sometimes to have 40% of the ball, but when they get it, boy, do they use it. And they get it up front quickly, powerful pace. That's the football I like watching. Like Matt just said, up and at them. That is the football we want to see. Well, talking of up and at them, Lee, looking at Alan and Decore, high praise from Jack there for Decore. 181 presses, and 175 presses individually, respectively. So those two players top, pretty much top the presses throughout the whole league. There's only a handful of players who are above them out of the 20 clubs. And, and that again shows them, doesn't it? Shows Everton up and at them style. Rafa's got information on board to the players. And Alan and Decore are really, really benefiting from having Rafa involved, aren't they? Those two, Mick, have been absolutely outstanding. I mean, I think someone put a tweet on earlier today asking for your club's top three players of the season so far. I think Townsend and Gray picked themselves. I picked Decore, but I mean, Alan, I mean, the pair of them have just been immense. And, and comparatively you know, to last season, they look like different players. It's already been mentioned by someone earlier in the podcast. That the fitness levels are just, they've got to be seen to be believed. They don't stop. Like they're running on, you know, Duracell batteries. Um, I've watched Alan just a couple of times, even if it's just for like a couple of minutes of a at a time at home. I can't help myself. I just watch him and the work that he puts in and the yards that he covers, he just puts fires out all over the pitch. And I just think those two have been absolutely pivotal to the start that we've made. I think they'll be pivotal to us continuing that form as well. We have to keep them fit because unfortunately what's behind those two is what concerns me. You know, the quality, the drop-off in quality behind Alan and Decore in the middle is is too big. But they've been outstanding. I think Decore's mentioned earlier on, he's had a briefing from Benitez to be more progressive, to get himself up the pitch, to use that rangy stride of his um, and be the player that we saw at Watford that we all wanted for, for so long. And he's done just that, you know, and he's chipping in with goals and, and brilliant goals as well. And he's shown he can finish. So that can be a real asset for us. You know, if he can bomb on and, and, and overlap, you know, and be and be slid in by whoever, you can see us getting goals from that all, all the way through the season. 
Alan obviously his game's a little bit different, but he's just been top man for me. I I love watching players like that play. Just reminds me of like Peter Reed, Joe Parkinson, you know, of the likes. And like others have said, it's an absolutely brilliant point. They are the type of players that Goodison Park absolutely loves. And if a game's a little bit flat and you're looking for something to sort of spark us into life, you can rely on the likes of Alan making a tackle, you know, chasing 50 yards across the pitch just to get a block in. You love it. You remember Andros Townsend did it away at Brighton and you saw the reaction that it got. We appreciate things like that, hard work. And last season, it was just, not just them two, by the way, every single player really, barring a couple, just went through the motions, didn't look like they were being coached. And we're probably under the guise of a manager who, who wasn't interested, who knew that he was getting off at the end of the season. There's no way that just happened overnight. And, and, if, and that will have filtered through to the players in stark contrast to this season where they've probably got a manager who's constantly talking to them. And, and you can see that on the pitch of a weekend, telling them instructions, wanting them to improve. He won't be telling Alan and Decore, by the way, that they've been absolutely outstanding. He'll be focusing on the stuff that they perhaps didn't do as well as they could have done, focusing on the areas that they can improve. And that's what we want to see. So you're right to point those two out, Mick. They've been top, just brilliant for us this year. And I love watching them play. Ollie, you, you've just touched on the new signings like Damari Gray and Andros Townsend, but it's the latter I just want to go into with you, Andros Townsend. How important is it, you know, you've been in dressing rooms, is it when a new manager comes in and he brings a player that he knows and that he trusts in Andros Townsend, who's then came in and immediately buys in to the manager's ideas. Does, does that rub off on the other professionals who are already at the club? It, it can go both ways. It can go two ways. Uh, sometimes you can think, oh, here's the teacher's pet. <laughs> Changing room, you go, here we go, the teacher's pet. And it'll be an easy life for them, you know, and will he get special treatment? But I think the, the players in the dressing room have realised Rafa's not that type. He's brought Townsend in to do a job. And the players, you know, all his teammates are witnessing what a good professional he is, but also the performances he shows and what a what a player he still is. You know, he can play at this level. But obviously, majority of us, I think, when he brought, come to the club, we thought he was going to be a squad player. But he's already showed that he's, he's a key, key player of our team. You know, when he's in form, his experience is spot on. You know, when I watched him um, against Norwich, you know, he was receiving balls tight. You know, we've had wingers in the past who wouldn't ask for the ball. You know, they will... They will sort of hide and as a footballer you know when players are hide and we've had too many wingers in the past who could be on and not afraid to you know ask for the ball and turn and get up your full back that's your job and we've had too many wingers just trying to go in behind the easy option that they don't have to run they want the ball played the perfect ball behind they run on and just cross it in or the through on goal you've got to have something else to your game um, and that's Andros has got that he can go in behind but also when it's tight he still asks for the ball he's still free and he's got a you know composed touch Calms it all down. If you switch play or we do a one-two, and that's just him showing his, you know, his talent um, and his experience. That you know, he knows he's had to change his game over his career. You know, he was a pacey winger. He's had injuries and he's had to adapt, but he's adapted well. Um, and that's the difference. I think he's brought in his composure and he's brave. He's just asked for the ball in tight positions, even when he's tightly marked, to even turn and ask the questions of the opposition. And that's what you want for your to your wingers as a fullback. You know. I want to cancel out my winger. And if he doesn't want to want the ball, I'm happy. But Andros is always wanting the balls. So he's making my job difficult. And, you know, as the game goes on, you do get tired. You can kind of switch off mentally. And then one sort of lack of concentration, 
you know, he's there to pounce. And then, you know, it's a nightmare as a, full, as a fullback. And that's what Andres has shown since you come to the club. Talking as, as a fullback, like you previously were, Borley, for, for large parts of your career. How, how comfortable is it playing with someone like Andros Townsend in front of you? Because as good as he's been going forward this year so far, he's been equally as good tracking back, hasn't he, and filling gaps and digging in when needed to. Yeah, as a as a fullback, you know he's you know he's no look. Sometimes you don't want help. You you want your 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 your, your guy in front if he's playing left midfield or left winger to go and do his job and win your football games. But at times you need to be calling him back to protect you. You don't want to be two v one if the fullbacks going. But Andros Townsend, I think that's gonna there won't be any seed of doubt. Whoever plays right back, if it's Godfrey or the Seamus Coleman, that they know they can just look after their man and not worry about the fullback. That Andres has got that you know mentality to do his job and come back and help as a team. You know, we've had other players in front in the past where sometimes he comes, sometimes he doesn't. And that put a seed to doubt in your full as a fullback, whether to go tight or mark the space. And that gives teams, you know, obviously better teams, that half a yard difference that could make a huge difference and conceding the goal. So it's uh it's it's be really assuring as a full as a fullback that you've got to play like Townsend on one side that you know he got the ability when he gets the ball, but also you do the hard hard yards naturally without getting told. You know, he, he'll do it. You know, Rafa will demand it. And he he's happy to do that. So it's brilliant as a fullback. But, you know, we brought to the football club to, to get crosses in, create assists, score goals, and that's what he's doing. Um, and you know, long may that continue. One negative, Bully, from the season so far was obviously the defeat to QPR in the Carabao Cup third round. How disappointed do you think Rafa and the coaching staff will be about being knocked out so early on in the Carabao Cup? Yeah, that's the that's the negative of the season so far. You know, I really thought it was going to be a really important cup for us and I was hoping that we'll really take it seriously. And the team he put out was strong enough to win that football game. Um, but a lot of changes, it, it is difficult. You are playing against a team who is sort of their cup final and... We did have our chances to put the game to bed and as the game was going on, you could sort of just see it. You know, it was going to be, we made it difficult for ourselves um, and it's frustrating it's happened. It happens when you play low league teams. It's, it's happened for years in the FA Cup and the League Cup that these these defeats sort of happen when he goes to penalties. It's, yeah, lucky for Tom, it was him. He hit the target, the keeper saved it really. Um, but it's a bit of a sour, sour, so a bit of taste in my mouth, really, that you, you can go two ways in that for me. You know, it's you play your strongest team and take it 100% seriously and kill the game off and then bring them players off. But then you're risking injury. You know, you're risking already a very thin squad and players that we need for the weekend in the Premier League. And yes, you know, we want to do well in the Premier League, but we're crying out for the trophy. You know, so it was really sad to be, to be out of the trophy very, very early on. And it was an opportunity, not for just for for us to win trophies, but for the, the lads who need a game time, you know, as the season goes on, we're going to need players um, to be match fit and the League Cup would give you that option for the players who are on the fringes, give them a chance to get 60, 70 minutes competitive matches. You know, that's what they needed and being out of that cup sort of stopped that now. So it's difficult for the players, you know, you know to be on form, be to the, the level that we want when they're, when they're called upon. You know, that's another option. You know, we've seen in the history, maybe if you look at Tottenham with Deli Ali and Harry Kane when the League Cup was there, thereabouts, they were used when they were young kids at Tottenham and they were used for the, the early rounds of the UEFA Cup games just to qualify once, just to give them experience in the first team, give them experience of 
proper competitive matches. And then over the years, you know, then you see if they've got the ability to be part of your, your main eleven. So you know, that option has been took away from us, unfortunately. But it was, uh, yeah, that League Cup's just not good for us, is it, as a club? Um, so, yeah, disappointed when went out to that. But it's um, it, it was just one of them things. And just disappointed the players on the pitch on that day. You know, didn't really sort of step up for it. You know, I think Gomez, I think, was the standout for me. That, yeah, he got a bit of a kick in that game. But he was moaning to the referee, like, you know, how, why is he tackling me? You know, like he shouldn't be untouched, you know, and that's the wrong attitude. You shouldn't be moaning that someone's trying to tackle you to a referee. That's just giving out the, long, the wrong signal to your opposition. And they just sort of, you know, not try to bully us, but, you know, it's just sort of our mentality was wrong from the players on the pitch. You're not, um, you can't really blame Rafa for that one. The players on the pitch were better and strong enough to win that game. And unfortunately, they, they failed to do that. Mm. Ben, it hasn't all been positive for Everton so far. The Carabao Cup was a major disappointment amongst Evertonians. How how disappointed do you think the Everton management, the board, the players will be being knocked out so early on in the Carabao Cup, which most Evertonians always think it's, it's a competition we can win or, or at least go far in. So how disappointed do you think the club will be about being knocked out so early? Well, it's a big chance at Silverware. And I stated earlier, I'm, I'm just desperate for any sort of cup under watching Everton just want to go away I want to watch Everton play I want to watch Everton as much as possible um, so the away days would have been brilliant the home days would have been brilliant to obviously generate more revenue for the club going forward with match day revenues and getting people to, to go to St Park again after such a horrendous 18 months um, so I think the club will be absolutely gutted but injuries came at the wrong time we, we had a lot of key players out I'm not defending them, by the way, because I still feel like the squad that was out that night should have got the job done. But it just didn't happen. We got bossed. We got overran. Charlie Austin, as he always seems to do against us, turned into like Maradona from the 80s, just kept on winning every header. And We were 1-0 down, 1-0, 2-1 down, 2-0. So it's, it was just a real shame for me. And obviously, the Begovic didn't cover himself in glory during the penalty shootout either. And, it was just it's another injury. Obviously, Pickford wasn't there. He's probably one of the best penalty stoppers in the league. So, him being missing was massive. I just feel like the injuries came at the wrong time. Um, it literally seemed to happen overnight. We played Burnley and the next minute, there's three or four players out injured and you try and fill out with some of the, let's say, the squad players, which for me aren't good enough. I'm not going to name many names. I think we predominantly know who should who should and shouldn't be near an Everton football club at the moment. But when these like second-hand t- players come in, it just changes the whole mentality of, of how we've been playing football. And We've got an 11 now, I feel, that can compete with the best. Um, if everyone's fit and firing, I feel like we've got the technical ability, the speed and the power. Um, obviously, I was listening back to the last podcast we did and I think it was Matthew made a, a brilliant point that the, the best teams nowadays either have power or pace. It's that simple. Um, and some of our fringe players don't have any. And when they come into the mix, they don't really seem to take the chances. I don't know why, especially when you're playing in a lower opposition. So I, I bet you, the, I bet you the, the players, the club, the board, the fans, it was just a really demoralised night, especially watching it as a fan. I didn't, we didn't end, up go, didn't end up watching live at QPR. <laughs> Thankfully, I know a few Blues got stuck in London for the, for the whole night, which is not what you want after going out of the cup competition. 
so yeah, it, it hasn't all been all fun and games and all rosy this season. There has been a negative, and that's a massive negative for me. It really, really is, and it's just such a shame that we couldn't get through that. And then, and then, I think there's another away game lined up which we could have all been going to. So. It is what it is. It's done now. I just hope we don't go for a weaker team in the FA Cup now when we go all out for it because it's obviously another cup, cup competition that we could potentially can go far in, generate revenue and just somehow, somewhere win a trophy because we banged on about it all last season. We just, I'm, I'm desperate just to just to go and watch the Blues as much as I can and to see a trophy, like I said, I'd go missing for a week, maybe a month, celebrating if it was the Carabao Cup. So, gutted. One of them, we move on. But it was good to see that the, the team bounced back. Mick, I think that was massively important. So obviously the team to get four points in the next two games. And it was a big game. The knowledge at home was massive for me. So get three points there and get a point at Old Trafford. And the next three games are more than winnable. So hopefully the, uh, the good one continues. Matt, Everton currently sits on plus five goal difference. 13 goals scored, eight goals conceded. Is that the finer detail that you may be concerned about or happy with at the moment regarding our plus goal difference? You look at other teams who are in and around us. Uh, you know, we're currently sitting fifth. Manchester United currently have a plus eight. Man City plus 11. Liverpool plus 11. And Everton plus five. Is that an area where you think Everton may need to improve on? Um, yes and no. I mean, I... The positive uh, goal difference obviously comes with, with better results, and um, you know I'm we're plus five after after seven games when you strike your two best strikers and your main goal scorers who both contributed probably around thirty goals a season over the past two seasons being out for fifty percent of those games. You know I'm not too worried. Make the underlying um, the underlying stats and data show that. That Everton are actually doing pretty well, both attacking-wise and defensively. Um, you know, we, we're creating good chances in games. Um, you know, I, I, I've always had a, a small concern over our, or bigger, a lot of larger concern over our defense defensive capabilities. I think that's still an area of of severe weakness. I, st I, st I still think we've got. A tendency to concede really, really soft goals. Um, I still think we've got a tendency to concede, concede two or three in in a space of ten minutes. Yeah, we've done that in so many occasions. This team does tend to capitulate at times, which which is a worry. Uh, and until I've seen a period, or maybe up until Christmas, where where that isn't that hasn't been a regular occurrence, then then those fears aren't going to going to go away but you know um, the, the, the underlying like I said the underlying data tells me that Everton, Everton are in a good position you know you, you're talking about Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin coming back after the after the international break I mean that's going to be massive for this Everton team you know I think they've, they've, they've improved since those two got injured um, you know you can see each, each game the the they're getting a little bit better, you know, um, under under Rafa. They, they're a little bit more polished in in everything they do. I thought that I thought the Manchester United performance showed that, you know, that, that this is a collective unit. This is a team that 
it's like I think Lee said, you know, it wasn't this isn't a flash in the pan. I don't think it is either. I, I think um I think we would have really seen the the manager, you know, the new manager boost wear off with these injuries if, if this was a flash in the pan. You know, th- this is a team that looked like it's they're being coached, they're, they're they're being drilled on the training pitch. There's always been a uh, an individual quality within the side. Um, and that's to be expected. Thankfully, with the money we've spent, you'd expect a small amount of quality, well, you spent a larger amount of quality than we have, but there, there are elements of quality within that. Um, they're now being given, they, they're now being given a structure and an organisation and, and, and a coach that's, that's getting the, the most out of our best players, is what I'd say. You know, we, we, that that's the key. I'm not sure. Certainly, Carlo for me never got the most out of all our best players. Um, he never found a system that suited them all. And when you haven't got huge amounts of, of really good players, that that's an issue. Um, so you know, going forward, um, no, I think if if the data and the and the performances stay as they are, then 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 goal difference won't be an issue, you know, it, it will go up, up and up. And, um, you know, I, th- I think, um, as the boys have hinted at already, this, is, this isn't a, this isn't a great Everton squad. You know, this, this is, this is Rafa doing really, really well with what he's got. There's, like I said, there's individual elements of quality within it, but this is, this is a squad with a lot of shortcomings, but, you know, we're not, I, I'm not expecting the, uh, this squad to, to finish on plus 40 goals plus 40 goal difference at the end of the season. Um, but like you said, you know, you, you hope that with, with wins, that the margins are, are two, three goals and are not the one nils that we were seeing last season that re- represented that, you know, we probably weren't as good as what we thought we were. Borley, taking everything into consideration, the injuries that we've had, the the fixtures that we've had and coming off the back of a, a really good point at Old Trafford. If you had to rate the start of the season out of 10, obviously 10 being fantastic and one being really, really poor, where would you where would you uh, put us at the moment? Well, before the season, um, I've seen the fixtures and I was confident that we're probably there or there about to where we are, to be honest. But what Rafa's had to deal with, with the, so many key players out, six players in one game, you know, we've had the two strikers out for in two or three games now, every team will struggle. Um, so he's done miracles, I feel, to get to where, where we are with the, the players that he's used. Um, it's been fantastic. Um, so I'll go, I'll go eight, eight and a half. Um, I, I think, yeah, eight, eight and a half, I think is a, is a, is a fair score. It's roughly where I, I thought we may be. I'm ho- hopeful we'll be, but we know what Evan's been like at home over last year. Um, You've had a couple of iffy average performances, but the reaction from the following game is what's pleased me the most. And um, Raf has changed it. He's changed. He's learned from each each game. When he played five at the back at home, he, he, he didn't do that again. And he, he changed it for, he wants Everton and Goodison to be a fortress. So he's he changed to a four. He played more of the front foot and, and got the crowd going. So he's he's learning week on week. He's learning off the players week on week and the players are taking it on board. So all in all, I go eight and a half. Jack, been a lot of positives so far in the season. Great result at Manchester United. Burnley win, the Southampton win. There's been a few negatives, the Carabao Cup, the Aston Villa debacle. 
signings have hit the ground running. So all in all, if you had to mark the start of the season out of 10 under Rafa Benitez, what would you give it and why? I think I'd give it... Oh, that's a good question, Mick. Um, I'd give it... I think I'd give it an eight. Um, the, re- the Carabao Cup game and getting knocked out by QPR obviously impacts that. I think I think eight is, is pretty fair, though, and I'm basing that on the points return, which I think has been good. I think the performances, which I alluded earlier, I feel away from home, um, five points from four games. I, I do feel that the performances have been better than that. Um, but I'm 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 nitpicking here. Um, that the home results have been solid. Um, like Lee was saying, you know, with a lot of home matches against the lower teams, you just want a routine, get the job done, two 0 three 0 three one, whatever. No injuries, move on to the next one, and that's what's been really reassuring about the home matches. I know in two of them they fell behind, but the way they Responded's been brilliantly. So I'd give it an eight. Um, and I think if they were through, if Everton were through in the Carabao Cup, um, eight and a half, nine. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to give the Villa match too much um, time, really, because I think that that can happen. They were at full strength. Um and I don't think there was anything between the two teams. And Everton were without Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin that day. Pickford, I think Coleman wasn't playing either. Um, and they sort of got on a bit of a roll. I remember, I'm sure it was Ben who said in a, the post-match podcast after Aston Villa, to be fair to Villa, the atmosphere was terrific once they got the first and Villa Park was bouncing and those players just got a spring in their step. So... I'm, I'm not going to give that too much thought. I think that will happen in the season and Everton will do that to teams as well. Um, so eight out of 10, um, just a shame it couldn't be slightly higher. Eight out of 10 for, for Jack Lee. What are your ratings so far, given obviously the ne- positives, the negatives, the injuries, the signings? What is your rating so far? I'm going to go with an eight as well. Um I think obviously the main one for me, I've not touched upon it yet, but yeah, that the Carabao Cup early exit really hurts. You know, like like Ben, and I'm sure, you know, everyone else. I'm absolutely desperate isn't even the word. I don't think there's a word in the dictionary that describes just how much I want to see Everton win a trophy. I'd do anything. So to see that cut short so early, you know, and given the fact that you're confident that we would have grown into this season even further, I still am with players coming back with a January transfer window ahead. Who knows what could have happened in that competition, but I'm really disappointed that we didn't start with our strongest midfield, at least, because that's where the drop-off is the is the biggest, um, and get that result, um, and then take the players off at half-time. I think Borley's the one who, who mentioned that in an earlier podcast. I think that's the way to go, um, but hindsight's a wonderful thing, and we're out um, to a poor QPR side really really disappointing but overall I think the positives outweigh the negatives I think the style of play has been refreshing to watch I've loved the home games again and I absolutely loathed watching us 
in the last 12 months, albeit sat here at home watching it on TV during a pandemic. They were just dismal to watch. Um, you just couldn't get behind them. And, and like Ben said earlier on, as soon as you went a goal behind, that was it, game over. You don't get that from this team. You know, he's got them sort of fighting until the end. So absolutely made up with that. I think we've been really hard done to away from home with our points return. Um, and I think given the fact that, again, we've been hampered by injuries, to have the, the points return that we've got, a clear identity, a style of play, signings that have hit the ground running and become cult heroes already. I think it fully deserves an 8 out of 10. But I'm hoping that when we're sat here in six months' time doing an end-of-season review, I'm giving it a 9 or a 10 and we're either sat in a European spot or winning a trophy or both, being optimistic. <laughs> Certainly are. Uh, ben, that's, that's Lee and Jack with both 8 out of 10s. What is your rating? I think I give away my cards early doors. I think I've gone for 7.5. Um, if we would have progressed in the Carabao Cup, it would have been pushing 8.59. I think that the biggest compliment I can give to the team this season and to Rafael Benitez um, is that we're winning the games that we should be winning. And us as fans are feeling quite optimistic and confident going into these games now. Because I know certainly last season, especially with the home form, I was going, oh my God, we're playing Burnley at home. We're not going to win this. But this season now with this team, with the squad, with the way we're playing, the pace, the power, the fitness levels, the technique is which all the lads in this podcast have described brilliantly during this, the um, the review so far. It's a 7.5 for me all day. I'm made up with the Premier League standings at the moment uh, where we're sitting. We're just hovering um, in fifth position. and But it could have been a lot better and I'd probably say it should have been better. We should have definitely got something out, more out of that Leeds game. Um, I thought we performed really well, deserved the victory. United with the 1-1, the as we said, it probably was just about fair. Um, and the Villa at home, the Villa away, we want to just write off. So, no, 7.5 for me. Carabao Cup, exit, dampens it all. So, I can't give it any higher than that, unfortunately. And Matt, what is your rating? Yeah, I, I'm going to go uh, 7.5 as well. Um, obviously, the, the Carabao Cup exit bring, brings the score down. I thought that night, as everyone heard on the podcast that, that followed, was a night that highlighted so many individual issues at the club. Um, you know, from a from the fact that the club has gone so long without a trophy, you know, the fact that the club, there seemingly is no pressure on the players or the manager to, to win trophies at Everton. Um, but I can't... I, the, the league performance is as good as it's been so far. Um I, can't, I probably wouldn't have gone too much higher, e even with a, a positive um, Carabao Cup result, because I think I'd like to see um, I'd like to see us up against better opposition at home. I think we've seen it away from home now. I think we've had some really difficult away fixtures. Um, I thought the Brian performance in particular that we were all there for was uh, probably the best away performance that I've seen. For the, for the last five, six years. I'd have to go back to a, a 3 nil away at Southampton under Martinez to, to eclipse that, really. Um, and I think if you look at that result across the season and so far, I think that'll turn out to be a cracking result. Um, Villa's always a tough away game. Manchester United leads. They're four really tough away games. But I think the, far, I think the final sort of 
thing that Rafa's got to do to win to win over the fans is is get a couple of big home victories. You know, we've got a couple of them coming up in late October, early November. And that's the next big challenge for me with this team. You know, at home, you know, regardless of the team that we're playing, there's always pressure on Everton to pick up points. And that's the next big challenge for me with this team. Can we get a couple of really good performances at home against some of the the other big boys? You know, I think we've got Spurs coming up in uh, early November. Can we put them to the sword? And that, that's the next stage of development for me with this team. Even West Ham coming up after the international break. Let's let's win. Let's beat these teams at home and around us. And then hopefully around Christmas time when we can sit back and maybe do another one, another review of some sort that, you know, I can bump my uh, score up to an eight or an 8.5. Um, but overall, 14 points, seven games, it's fifth in the league. Really, really impressed and really, really happy so far. Okay, guys, and I'll, and I'll go with an eight out of ten as well. I'm, I'm really impressed with the season so far, bar the Carabao Cup. I'm thoroughly, mightily impressed with Rafa Benitez, the way he's handled himself, individual performances, team performances, team spirit. I, I'm very content at the moment. So I'll go with an eight out of ten as well, as like Jack and Lee. So that's all we've got time for this evening. Thanks to Bawley, Jack, Ben, Lee, and Matt, as always. We will be back very, very soon with another special episode on Everton under 23s and down. Please don't miss it again. We've got some special guests, hopefully a full house of pundits as well. It's trust to be a really, really good episode. And we're going to dive into the under 23 world and down and have a look at what is happening at Everton and Finch Farm there. In the meantime, have a good week. Enjoy the international break and we'll see you very soon. Take care and all the very best. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.